I want to do a quick follow-up to the weekend that we had with Derek because he gave us a few prayer tools that I think would be helpful just to quickly concentrate all in one place so that we have a list of them and a short explanation of what they were. So here they are uh, first, just real quick. Number one, the sign of the cross. Number two, the Jesus prayer. Number three, centering prayer. Number four, uh, the daily office. Number five, just letter writing with God. And then number six, the examine. And number seven, Lectio Divina. So in order, here's the first one, the sign of the cross. So first it is, you take these three fingers and you put them like that. And that's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to signify the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And these other two fingers, these here, these signify the full humanity and full divinity of Jesus. And then you cross yourself like this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the reason that's not just helpful as a reminder of God as Holy Trinity and Jesus as fully human and fully God. That's extremely helpful theology right there, but also it's always helpful to get your body involved in your faith, to get your body involved in your prayer life, to get your body involved in your worship, to get your body involved in your discipleship. The idea of a disembodied spirituality is unscriptural. In fact, it's one of the earliest heresies that the Christian uh, early church fathers addressed as false teaching, and it was the idea of dividing our spirit from our our, our spirit and our body. And there's something so incredibly powerful about the fact that Jesus, when he was talking about his advice to, to people, for like, um, how to get free and how to know God, he says where your treasure is, there your heart will follow. In other words, the spiritual will follow the material. If you want to love God, if you have a problem praying, if you need a better prayer life, give alms to the poor, fast from food, and then ask the poor to pray for you, and guess what? You'll get a prayer life, okay? Break these these attachments. Make the right attachments with your material life, make the right attachments with your material life, and your emotional, spiritual life will follow. You will have treasure in heaven. Give to the poor, then you'll have treasure in heaven. So there's there's such a powerful principle of whatever is spiritual must take shape in the material world. Bow when you pray, kneel when you pray, give big offerings to the to the right causes. Where your time, treasure, and talent are, there you're going to have your heart. And God wants your heart. That's what he's after most of all is your heart, which is the whole reason he then set up the sacrificial system in the Old Testament. Worship was meant to be costly. I'm rambling on. Okay, number two, the Jesus prayer. So Derek was saying to us that there's this very, very simple, very old prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. So simple. When you don't know what to pray, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Derek was talking about this and he looked right at me and he said, putting in people's names here is helpful. And he said, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on Tim. And when he said it, I felt power. I've been using that very simple prayer. It's like, oh yeah, that's what we need. God's our answer. We're not the answer. God's the answer. I don't know how or I don't know the details, but God knows. It's just, it's a simple prayer. It's a prayer tool. Fall back on simple realities is you need Jesus, they need Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, have mercy on them. Number three, centering prayer. Centering prayer is the kind of prayer where we are simply quieting ourselves and st- making, uh, bringing our souls to a place of stillness in the presence of God, which really starts with making our bodies still and quiet in the presence of God. And our goal is not to pray something 
or not pray something. The goal is not to achieve something or not achieve something. The goal is to be with God. That's the goal. In centering prayer, we might set a timer for t- 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. And when the t- that way we don't have to worry about time. And when the timer starts, we start. And when the timer stops, then we call ourselves back. And during that time, we might choose a simple phrase like Father or just one word, Jesus. And that'll be our centering word to, to bring us back to an awareness of him being here with us now. And our thoughts are going to come. Our thoughts are like an ever-flowing stream. They're always flowing. They never stop. And so your thoughts might flow and distracting thoughts, supposedly distracting thoughts might flow. Don't fight it. Just let it go. And and as you realize that your mind is wandering, you just bring back your focus on, I'm here with God now. And, I'm, and just be relaxed and be in the presence of God. And that might sound simple. It might sound like, what's the point of that? Be still and know that I am God. There's something so amazing about stillness in the presence of God, but it's very difficult. Sometimes what comes up and out of us in those times is are the things we've been pushing down, avoiding looking at, avoiding feeling. Uh, and it's a, it's a terrible thing if we can't be with Jesus. If our hearts are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we can't stand to be with ourselves, we probably won't commune very effectively with him. Because if we're not comfortable with the I, how can there be an I-thou relationship? If I'm never true to me, how can I relate honestly to him, right? I have found this to be incredibly uh, powerful, even though it might sometimes be difficult. I talked too long on that one. Number four, the daily office. The daily office is really simple. It is a, a little prayer book and it has a collection of scriptures related to uh, whatever season of the church year or calendar that we're in currently. But it's instead of reading through the Bible, which is a very Protestant concept of everything has to do with knowledge and information, instead of that, it's more pray through the Bible so that we can have the little story of our life swept up into the faith, which is the big story of what God's actually doing in human history. I can attest that praying the daily office, I prayed it for almost every day, I think for two years or so, in a time when I would thought I was losing my faith and it restored my faith because praying borrowed words that God has already endorsed with his affirmation to narrate my pain, to narrate my struggle, to narrate my victory, to narrate God's mercy and God's covenantal faithfulness and to have that balance of the personal and the and the corporate, to have that balance of past, present, and future, to have that balance. That was extremely, extremely helpful. It, it, the Bible even narrates doubts and pains and losses, things that sound irreverent. God signs off on it and I'm going to give you these prayers to pray because sometimes life feels this way and it matters that you that you know how to say it to me. All right, the daily office, that's cool. Not just reading our Bibles, praying our Bibles. Uh, the fifth one, this is a cool assignment. Write a letter to God, telling him honestly what's on your heart. And then when that's done, maybe set a timer for 10 minutes and write a possible response back that God might be saying back to you. Now don't stress about whether or not it's like the word of the Lord. We're not trying to add to the Bible. It's a creative writing exercise. What do you sense God might be saying back to you? Or if you were to receive a letter back from God, what do you think it would say? Just let the thoughts flow. You know, and if you're worried about it being heresy or something like that, well, submit it to your friends who love Jesus and know the Bible real well and say, does anything in here violate the Bible? Sometimes people were so obsessed with like, was this God or was this just my imagination? Maybe a better question is, is this my spirit or is this my flesh? 
And even if it's your spirit, it'll still have your personality on it and your perspective on it. It'll be mingled with you. We're not looking for something to increase or replace our Bibles. We're looking for a heart-to-heart connection with the Father. And there's plenty of, of, of leeway in there for us for these kind of creative writing exercises. And I think what you'll find is you got more of an intuition about what the Holy Spirit's saying to you than you think you do. Writing a letter to God, that's number five. Number six is the examine. Uh, Saint Ignatius of Loyola, I think, was kind of the one who coined this kind of prayer exercise. So what this is, at the end of the day, you go through your day, you just sort of meditate and thoughtfully go through your day from the time you got up till the time you got back to here where you're praying again. Uh, and you, you kind of mentally just go through your day. And what you're looking for is how you were either with God and walking in what you were called to or whether you maybe were not with God. Maybe you were out of sorts and you're having a conversation about with God uh, about your day. The things that were went well and you pleased him and the things that maybe you missed it, messed it up and you need some mercy and forgiveness and, and wisdom to how to do better in the future. That's the examine. Sounds depressing to some people, but it's not depressing once you're rooted in grace and you have a healthy identity. It's not. All right, and the final one is Lectio Divina, or maybe a better way to put this is entering into Bible stories using visualization and holy imagination. Now, here's one thing I know about all of us. All of us have read books where the movie they made about the book isn't nearly as good as the book, and that is because there is not a film director or a production company on the planet that is as incredible as the one God gave you called your imagination. The goal of much of scripture is to tell stories, and the goal of stories is not just for you to hear information, but for your imagination to reactivate those stories so that it's almost like time traveling. The the reality of what happened is represented to you as though it were happening again in real time, which is why, and God loves this theater. God loves sights and smells. God loves sounds. God loves imagination. He loves creativity. He created it for crying out loud. So when what happens with Lectio Divina is, is I would call it the right way to read the Bible. You don't just go, oh, Jesus was walking down a dusty road and there was a woman who was caught in adultery and then suddenly she was being thrown at his feet with clothes half stripped off and accused of what she in fact did and was found guilty. They wanted him to condemn her. They knew he was going to be merciful to her and they knew that the law had required her to die and they were looking for a way to trap him. You're not just supposed to read that. You're supposed to picture it. You're supposed to enter that story. You're supposed to see Jesus with the eyes of your heart. Uh, The Holy Spirit inspires in us the eyes of our heart, the ears of our heart. Remember when Jesus said, let him who has ears, let him hear? He didn't mean these ears. He meant the ears of our heart. And when, when Paul prays for the eyes of our heart to be enlightened, he's not praying for these eyes, he's praying for these eyes. He's praying for the eyes of our soul, our imagination. So don't just read the Bible, read the Bible slowly and pay attention and let it become real. Enter it and watch it. Let it really soak in. So one form of Lectio Divina would be really simple. Read the Bible the first time, imagining it as though you've never heard the story before and the second time entering it and uh, kind of watching the details closely, engaging your senses. What do you hear? What do you smell? What do you see? What do you notice? And then the third time, literally pick a character in the story and become them and experience the story as though you were them. Now, here's an interesting thing. Um, you It's an old prayer practice, like praying the rosary. Some people would do that. That's not just them trying to like win points to heaven by, by, count, by racking up how many prayers they can pray. Uh, some of those folk are imagining and entering 
a story about the incarnation and the and the happiness and the mercy of Jesus and then they're fast forwarding and they're entering a story where they're seeing the sufferings of Jesus for them and then they're fast forwarding and they're entering a story where there's the resurrected victorious Jesus now can you imagine if every single day in your heart you you prayed and and in the in the meeting place of your heart you encountered God you encountered Jesus in his mercy and his miracle ministry and in his happiness with people and then you entered into him carrying our sorrows and griefs and sins on the cross and the crucifixion sequence can you imagine how much how much the the griefs and burdens you're carrying would transfer over as you as you as you had to, as you walked with him on that and then can you imagine the victory and the glory as you get him back in his resurrection and in his rule and ascension as he breathes on you and says receive the holy spirit that's such a simple prayer exercise and it doesn't even have to take long. All right, okay. That was seven quick tools. I said I was going to be quick and then I was long. Sign of the cross. Get your body involved when you pray. Kneel, shout, lift your hands, give something to someone. Get your body involved in your faith. Sign of the cross is one helpful tool. The Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Simple prayer when you don't know what to pray. Put their name in it. Pray it on them. Put Pray it over them. Put your hand on them. Say this. I almost guarantee you that if you just put your hand on someone's shoulder and you look them in the eyes and with genuine love, with your intention being that grace floweth to them from God, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on fill in the blank. I just about guarantee you the Holy Spirit's going to love that, honor that, and release power on them for it. Centering prayer. Our goal there is just to be still and know that he's God. Be with him in silence and stillness. I think you'll find that's just powerful. Eastern meditation, I think, is a ripoff of this. What? Did he say it? Oh, no. Uh, daily office. Don't just read the scripture. Let's pray the scripture. Number five, write a letter to God and then write a letter of his possible responses to you. This, The Holy Spirit loves these creative exercises. Number six, the examine. You're sitting there on your bed and you're reviewing your day with Jesus, looking for what was flesh and what was spirit. And for insight, rejoicing, thank yous for the stuff that was spirit, insight and wisdom, and I'm sorry, and I know, and you're forgiven for the stuff that was flesh. And then the final one, Lectio Divina, in uh, creating, uh, letting your imagination uh, be, create y your ability to really enter, open the eyes of your heart and the ears of your, of your heart to entering creatively into the Bible and creating meeting places with God. Okay, okay, okay. That is enough. Boom. Glory to God. Bless you.